All right. Welcome back. It is, what day is it? September 5th, Labor Day 2022. The world is wilder than ever. I like. I think it's been two weeks since we last spoke, maybe three. There's so much that's happened. I just woke up a little bit ago and just saw even wilder news. Uh, I don't think we're going to talk about it much, but in Canada, there's like 10 people stabbed or something. Um, oh, yeah. Literally, yeah. it doesn't stop the crazy news. I, everything's wild. So what do you have for us today, Todd? I want to hear from you first. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, it happened, happened, you know, end of last week, but I feel like it was fucking wild. Um, and it was actually happening in Philadelphia. It was Joe, Biden's, Joe Biden's insane speech. And like, so, look, interesting well, about, wait, wait, I got to preface uh, this a little bit first is um, I don't, whatever I say, I don't necessarily always believe. I come up with like hypotheticals and thoughts. Um, so like, okay. I'm not going to say I supported the speech or didn't support the speech. We're just going to talk about the speech, but it does seem very divisive that you talk in some circles, it was the most insane speech ever. You talk in other circles and it was a, a great speech that like brought Biden back and he's like back in power. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, no, you, you're it's, more of it's... the, uh, the insane. It's not it's not good that that is the response to because like, look, if nothing else, like and obviously I'm not the first person who's had this thought. It basically was as soon as it was being broadcast, everyone was like, what the hell is with these optics and like the black and the red and the lights? And that's the what I, that looked like a dictatorship. Like, like yes, kind of, it, right? 100 percent looks like a dictatorship. And, like, and, and it's like. I don't care what you think or if you love Joe Biden, you have to at least admit that the way they laid out that speech and the way they made him look it was was ridiculous. It's, like it's kind of like like Trump when he had COVID and he had that speech in the front lawn. Remember that? Yeah. And everyone's like, "How are you going to do that?" That's like it looks like a dictator to me. This seems like the same exact type of speech, like the same optics, the same angles, and all that. Absolutely. Well, and I think that, you know, it's, you, you, you've seen this dumb thing that they're trying to do where they did like dark Brandon, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I literally, and I, you know, again, not the first person to say this, but I think they literally were like, oh, this dark Brandon meme is cool. Let's do it in real life like, <laughs> it's like, or not, you know, maybe, maybe don't do that. Um, but yeah. I mean, I think the speech was fucking crazy outside of the optics just the way he was talking this idea that you know joe biden was going to be the one to bring america back together again and not be divisive and then you go on to give a speech like that is absolutely crazy because um, he said basically uh, all maga supporters are like the enemy right hey you you could you could safely make that assumption by watching that speech. I don't think he, he didn't explicitly say like enemy or enemy of the people, but just a lot of rhetoric around like how these people are basically like completely lost or like completely, you know, just not, not in the mainstream and are not to be trusted basically. And it's like, you know, and I think it's, it's really wild to see this going on because, you know, and to, to a lesser degree, you had Charlie Crist, he's running for governor against Ron DeSantis in Florida, who came out and said that he does not want anyone who's a Ron De DeSantis supporter to vote for him. And it's like, OK, well, that means you're probably not going to win the election because he's got like a 55 percent approval rating in Florida, I believe. 
And it's just like this whole thing now with basically saying, if you don't agree with me, like, like you're basically, you're dead to me. Like, that's not the way American politics has worked. It's been like, you might not agree with me, but I'm going to now spend time convincing you why you should agree with me. Yeah, and I'm they're supposed to work together and compromise yes. and make things better, but it's just... It's just not not <laughs> even that. It's just like, if you're, if you're a politician and you think that the way you're going to win is that the only people that are going to vote for you are people that already supported you. Like, no, you're supposed to try to persuade some people. Right. And it's not, and part of that persuasion comes from, I'm going to need to convince people that we're going to vote for the other guy to vote for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also had in a similar vein, you had Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, she made some comment where she said that, you know, anyone who, you know, doesn't agree with what they're doing or like doesn't support her. They're they're free to move to Florida. Basically, people that like are Trump voters that live in the state because, you know, there's it's not obviously a Republican state, but there are people that voted for Trump there. And it's like to basically tell them, be like, you know what, forget you. Like, we don't even need you leave. Like, this is just a weird time in politics. Like, it's becoming obvious. And look, and I'm not going to act like it's just Democrats. Doing it. Trump was very much the same way in terms of like, you're sort of with us or against it. I don't think it was right when he did it. I don't think it's good that it's sort of more people are taking this stance of like, if you don't agree with us, you're dead to us. Like, that's that's not good. So civil war, is it happening? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I think well, the what's next, next? What, what comes after this? Yeah, I think the next like two elections are going to be very, very illustrative of sort of how this stuff all goes. Um, and, and when I say two elections, maybe I mean, well, like the midterms will be interesting. And I think the next presidential election will be very interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> and well, look, I you think, think Trump's going to run? I hope not. I really hope not. I mean, I think I, I think we can't I think we need a change from Biden. And I think one of the only people that would that Biden would be able to easily beat would be Trump just because people hate Trump so much. Like he's so damn divisive. And it's also funny now because, you know, Ron DeSantis has been like someone people have been paying attention to. And like now there are all these articles where it's like, well, you thought Trump was bad. Ron DeSantis is actually worse. And it's like, come on, guys. You, you can't keep just telling me that every single new Republican politician is worse than Hitler. Like, like right. you, like the way they talked about George Bush and then Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney of all people, the most like probably one of the most decent people in terms of like not being like, you know, just a he's terrible like monster. Exactly. Like he's, <laughs> he's probably one of the more like honest and upstanding politicians we have, even if I disagree with much of what he believes, but like, come on, like this idea that you made Mitt Romney into a monster, like people don't believe it anymore. And it's, it's why Trump was able to squeak through because he was like, or part of the reason is everyone's like, look, man, you spent the last 12 years telling me every single person who wasn't a Democrat was basically Hitler and a racist and wanted to like re-enslave black people. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm done listening. Like I'm checked out because if everyone is that bad and evil, then no one is. You know, there has to be some actual factual distinction of like, this person is uniquely bad. Yeah. Um, we use the so word yeah. Nazi way too much now. I, oh, I find it like oh. a little offensive. It's like, no, these people, a real Nazi was horrible. Um, like there's bad people right now, but to call everyone a Nazi just seems that, uh, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't really like it. Well, but, I mean, yeah, we're just completely skewed. Because I, I was listening to a podcast and so forgive me, this person might be talking about their ass, but they said they read some article where, 
some like, you know, crazy resistance, anti-Trump lefty type person wrote something that like January 6th was our 9-11. And it's like, no motherfucker, our 9-11 was 9-11. Yeah, that that makes no sense. Like 3,000 plus people didn't die on January 6th and it didn't it didn't create two global wars at the very least and probably many more that have caused, you know, cost countless trillions of dollars and cost countless lives. Right. Um, no, it's uh, but, no, no. These things are different and they back, aren't the same. Back to the um, the speech, though, I will admit um, I, I did think it was like the optics just looked a little weird. The pictures that came out did look a little weird. I will admit, though. The last month since uh, kind of like since Biden got COVID and got out of his quarantine, he, he does seem like he has a new energy and that he's like, seems like he's getting things done. I don't know if they're good things necessarily or whatever, but it seems like he is finally getting things um, going a little. Uh, do you agree with that or is that just me thinking that? Um, I think it's I think it's. true that he has gotten some stuff done. Like, look, he had the Inflation Reduction Act, which is ridiculously named uh, because it's probably not going to do anything for inflation. They got like this CHIPS Act passed, which is good. Like fully support. Did did you see Pelosi with the CHIPS Act? Fucking ridiculous. (laughs) She sold NVIDIA and then they announced the CHIPS Act and then NVIDIA went down 20%. It's like, how obvious is it that she's cheating? Yeah, well, it was funny because at first they bought it and they're like, oh, well, you're going to do this. And they're they're like, oh, so she sells it to avoid the look. But then it turns out the government tells NVIDIA that they can't sell chips to China or Russia, which is what caused the stock to drop. And it's like, oh, yeah, I bet you had you probably had no idea that that was going to happen. So instead of making a bunch of money because the CHIPS Act blows the business up, you're now saving money by mitigating your losses because you sell it before they're told that they can't sell chips to, you know, this massive section of the market. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, I think, and then look, and then he's also got this, this student loan thing, which I think that, you know, slim majorities of Americans support, but I think a lot of people are like, this doesn't feel right. And the way he's doing it is also like, completely legally questionable um well, and do you think so that's that's what we're going to talk about segue into the next thing we're talking <laughs> about student loans is it legal because i i read this very interesting thought that said uh this guy thinks maybe uh and it seems like this would be a very smart move 3d checkers whatever maybe biden did this on purpose knowing it would get rejected by the courts or like overturned and then basically they said he's gonna look good because he tried to do it so like he still gets his brownie points because like no i tried even though he knows it's not gonna go through and then it's gonna make the supreme court look bad because they're gonna uh overturn it and basically a lot of people are gonna be happy with biden mad at the court and then this guy thinks maybe then Biden would nominate um, adding justices to the Supreme Court to try and like uh, even out. And like that seems messed up because it's like, oh, we have rules for a reason. When you guys change the rules and stuff, it uh, it's it's messed up. But um, I don't know. Yeah. That seems wild. I don't I don't I don't know uh, how likely it is it's going to pass or get overturned. I don't really think it was a good deal at all. Um, and I've been trying to like be uh, talk to people about it, and people say like, "Oh, you're just spoiled. You don't have loans. You don't understand." It's like, no, I don't give a fuck that 
you're getting your loans taken off. Like I really don't, I want people to not have to pay loans, but here's the problem. The problem isn't fixed by just paying the loans. You still have yeah. predatory lending. You still have insane interest rates. You still have kids taking loans for things that they are not going to be able to pay back. Fix the system and then give $10,000 to everyone. Give $20,000. I don't care. But fix the system first. Similar to like, um, I, to me, it's similar to weed. Everyone talks about like legalizing weed, doing this, that, whatever. No, get everyone out of jail first who already is in jail for nonviolent stuff and then do it. It's like um, just the, yeah. the order of these things doesn't always make sense to me. Um, we got to fix the problem. Otherwise, it's just going to get worse and worse. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, th I think you're and that's really what I've been thinking, too, about the whole path that this loan forgiveness is likely to follow is that he did it with very questionable legal authority. It's going to get challenged by Republicans and he's going to get to do exactly that. Look, I'm the one who is fighting for you. I'm the one who is trying to help you. And these these nasty Republicans and these jerks in the Supreme Court that are just, you know, enforcing the law as written. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like they're the ones who are bad. And it's like, you know what? There's nothing stopping Congress from debating a, a loan forgiveness bill. And that's the way it should go, because in our constitutional system, the Congress is the one who controls the purse springs. They're supposed to be the ones who pass laws to authorize, you know, spending and whatnot. And then the executive can veto it or move it forward or, or sort of administer the programs that are passed. But it's this idea that, yeah, we can just try to like find some loophole. And I mean, because the whole justification for it, it was it's in the HEROES Act, which was initially passed to help forgive forget for for debt around 9-11 and like first responders. And yeah. they're saying that the pandemic is this new emergency. And also, I think I read like the original act, like the actual act passed by Congress, I think allocated $45 billion to it, much of which I think was already spent when they actually used the program. And then this program is going to cost anywhere from like, you know, half a trillion to a trillion dollars, depending on how many people actually apply for forgiveness. So it's like, we don't, we don't have, like, there's no money for it. Like that. Yeah. And, you, you, and doesn't, isn't people, it going to make inflation even worse too? Like, I mean, it, it's very likely. I mean, um, it's because theoretically tell a bunch of people like, Hey, you now have $10,000. You don't have to pay back. That's now $10,000 that they can go try to spend. buy stuff with or spend on goods, which is a part of, um, which is a part of the way, you know, a driver inflation. So, yep. you know, I don't see how it doesn't happen, but I think it'll be interesting. I think, um, frankly, I almost think the Republicans would be better off not challenging it in court and just being like, all right, you want to do this? Fine. Let's do it. Go nuts. Like, but I, I don't think they will do that. I think they are going to sort of fall into this trap of being the ones who kill it. And then, you know, the Democrats and Biden just get to turn around and hammer the Republicans with it because people aren't savvy and people are selfish at the end of the day. And they're going to all they're going to see. They're not going to think about, oh, well, you know, constitutionally and legally, he shouldn't do that. So, yeah, I guess I guess I will pay this. You know, I'm, I'm OK with not have with not getting this ten thousand dollars forgiven. No, they're going to say. I'm pissed off. I wanted this $10,000 forgiven. Um, so I don't know. I think it's going to be very interesting. And I think, and look, you and I, and I think you more so than me, we've both sort of worked within higher education and we both have seen firsthand the just disgraceful way that higher education is administered um, in terms of money being wasted, students being lied to, um, and just the amount of, like the fact that, 
this is not coming after some sort of reformation of the way the student loan industry works is insane to me because we're going to be right back in this position within less than two years. Exactly. Um, so here's my question too, is um, I think uh, according to my understanding, a big reason for the problem with this debt is because it's guaranteed and you can't go bankrupt with it. Like uh, it's <laughs> that's part of it. death. If, so I feel like if they got rid of that rule, uh, things would already like kind of start getting better. Schools wouldn't be able to charge as much as they want because there could be a bankruptcy and they're not going to collect. So they're going to have to like charge what it's worth or closer to value. But what happens if they give this $10,000 back? The problem still happens. If I go to school in five years or I have a kid who's going to school in 10 years, is that person going to assume that they're going to get debt forgiven too? Like, is this a thing that's going to happen every 10 years? Why? Did this person get debt forgiven? A kid going a freshman year at, at a school this year is more expensive than the kid who went 10 years ago. So why is that person going to just be stuck with the debt? If you can't do it for everyone, like, it, I don't understand how uh, they think, like, this is um, fair. And, like, life yeah. isn't fair. I know, but it's uh, yeah. you can have a more fair system or something that makes a little more sense. Completely, completely agree. And I think, you know, the, the fact that, you know, and something that I've heard floated, it's the one idea that I really like a lot. It's that I think that schools should have to choose to co-sign the loans of students yep. they admit. So it's like, look, if if your student defaults because you didn't educate them or you lied and they took out way too much debt for the job they actually were able to get and they can't pay, you're paying us now. You got that big juicy endowment, start cutting checks. Like yeah, the fact exactly. that the fact that the universities have zero skin in the game in terms of saying if you're going to be pushing people through the system and they're going to be coming out and basically li living as you know a working poor person that's not right and you know we should be telling those students realistically be like like when you are choosing a major they should have to tell you this is like what your likelihood of getting a job in this field is. This is what the average salary is. This is where it's like, oh, if you want to work in New York City, it's going to be you versus 10,000 people. If you want to go work in like Omaha, Nebraska, yeah, you might be able to get a job here, but you probably want to live in New York. You probably don't want to live in Omaha. Like, you know, just some right. sort of like helping people understand like this, this path you're going down, this is what you're likely to make with compensation on like a five-year timetable, a 10-year and a 20-year timetable. And here's what your job prospects are like. Here's what the industry prospects are like. Um, because I do think it's, you know, you're seeing this thing where, you know, I think there are people that make choices to pursue careers that they don't love because they know it'll be a good ROI. There's yeah. a lot of people that work as accountants and work in finance that don't love accounting or finance, but they know it pays the bills. And they right. know that they're going to be able to have a job. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. I don't I don't want to subsidize someone who pursued a passion project in college, ran up $100,000 because they went to their dream school instead of a state school. And now they're struggling because they made a series of emotional and not financially savvy decisions. Like, I don't I don't know what to do. And look, and I'm, I'm someone who didn't have debt. My parents felt very lucky on that sense. But at the end of the day, it's like, that's my situation and I'm extremely fortunate for it, but you know, it's, we can't keep subsidizing these, you know, just completely, you know, just emotionally based financial decisions. Yeah, no, exactly. And then I, I feel too, a lot of people say like, Oh, school is too expensive though. Like we need, uh, people need to be educated to get jobs. 
there are a lot of free options to get educated. Like if you're from Philadelphia, I think with above a 3.0 high school GPA or maybe even a little lower, you get to go to Community College of Philadelphia for free. Um, So it's like, why are people, why is that option not good enough for people is a little weird to me. And it's like, why are people choosing to go to University of Nebraska when they're from New Jersey and paying $35,000 a year? Um, It's like, there are cheaper options. People make it seem like there's not like a cheaper option. There definitely are. And like, to your point too, people choose based on ROI. I literally wanted to go to Penn since I was two years old. And then when I was 17, 18, the money for Penn compared to a scholarship from Temple, like kind of just didn't make as much sense for me. And I, I get a lot of help from my grandparents. They had a lot of money put away for, um, for school for Mm -hmm. me, super fortunate for that, but it was still in my head. It was like, it's still $45,000 a year. If it's my money or my grandparents, doesn't matter. That's a lot of money. And if I can get something similar at Temple, why not? Um, I, I'm not going to be like the top, top student at Wharton. So if I'm not going to be the top, top student at Wharton, um, I don't think it's that much of a difference for me going to a school that was one fifth the price. Uh, and it's like, yeah. I don't know why other people can't like uh, make those decisions or realize that. I think that's, that's completely correct. And I think that, you know, the, the biggest thing is it's like, I feel like kids are getting lied to. Um, yeah. And I feel like our, I feel like our generation was the first one to really sort of see this lie because the whole lie, and it sort of was true for a while was you go to college, you get a degree, you get a good job, you can then yep. have a solid class life. And it's like, you know what? And that was true for a very long time. Um, and then it was not true. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, now as someone who has been working on renovating houses and whatnot, like, I mean, shoot, I would talk to the electricians and these guys are pulling in low to mid six figures. Now they're working very long hours, but you know, these are people that within two to three years of getting out of high school are making, you know, high 80, $90,000, maybe a hundred thousand dollars with basically no debt. Well, get this, get <laughs> this. Imagine if they were allowed to take on debt, like the college kids, they'd probably be even bigger. Like if they, uh, if you get $200,000 to go to Penn, why can't this electrician get a loan for $200,000 to buy a van for his business to get like um, whatever he might need to get workers to get whatever uh, that guy would be even better off. But like, for some reason you can get a loan for something that you're not going to be able to pay back, but you can't get a loan for like a business. It doesn't really add up or make much sense. But last, last, last thing, a little segue kind of unrelated, but relate everything's everything's related. Um, Did you hear about the droughts in China? Um, I sort of know a little bit that they're not not doing so hot. <laughs> they, supposedly, there's like full rivers, huge rivers that in the span of like a month or two have completely dried up because just the heat is out of control. No rain and all that. Why I think of it, though, is between that, Russia, Ukraine, um, America with all of our uh, climate issues and whatnot, I can't stop thinking this winter is going to be so catastrophic for food. You people well, are not going to be able to eat. And I, I, I keep on trying to tell people as much as possible, like, yo, supplement whatever you're doing a little bit. Grow some sprouts. Grow some mushrooms. Grow something in your house that you're going to be able to eat 
uh, because there's going to be a time where the grocery store is not going to have much food. Uh, and like, I hope I'm wrong, but it seems obvious that all of the farming this summer was not nearly as uh, high crop as they usually do. Like on top of all the other issues that we have. Um, I don't know. Kind of wild though. No, you're absolutely right. And I think the, you know, another big thing that is going to impact this, I don't know if you saw, but Russia, because, you know, we're the entire Western world is at war with Russia, but no one wants to actually call it what it is and call it a proxy war. So right. they just they now indefinitely cut off natural gas to Germany, which is the hub that they closed down that Nord Stream 1 pipeline. They're like, oh, there are technical difficulties, so we can't give you any natural gas. Not less, you are getting zero. And a lot of these countries have filled up their supply tanks, so they might be okay. But I'm also reading yeah. stuff that is saying that with the supplies they have, they're going to basically be running out of gas starting around like December or January. I, so dude, I this heard, winter is bad at all. It's not going to be fun times in Europe. I heard UK um, energy bills went up 6x in the last month. So if you're there, paying $100 for energy, it's 600 now. That is a huge difference that uh, mm -hmm. will put a lot of people like uh, at zero instantly. And then we have six months of this being cold um, on top. I don't know. It just seems wild. And like I uh, I keep on feeling like things are getting crazier and wilder and like not good. But for some reason, like COVID's kind of over. So people are like just celebrating, doing whatever and like not worrying. And it's like, yo, this um, these are some big issues. Then part, yeah, of me thinks, a... part of me thinks some people realize how bad it is and they think that like this is the end. Like it kind of feels like it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm that pessimistic. I like to try to, you know, remain an optimist whenever possible. But like there's some big things going on that I do feel like, like you said, I feel like a lot of people aren't even really talking about. Like I feel like I feel like a lot of the biggest things that are likely to create really big problems within the next, you know, six to 12 months are really not being discussed by like everyday people, at least in the conversations that I have. No, same. Um, and, and we could, people don't realize how quickly things can fucking collapse, like quick. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. No, modern societies go down fast. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. We'll end on that uh, lovely note. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that is the week we missed. We missed like a whole month. Uh, every day is like a full month of events lately. Uh, we are back, though. We're going to be hopefully doing this weekly again now that summer is over. And then we will also be having guests. Actually, a little, little thing for you, Todd, at the end. I started sharing this podcast with um, my Mushmore community, and they um, they are all fans. And I'm a little worried now, like, if I, if oh, I no. did something wrong, yeah. Like, all right, I got to really censor what I'm saying these days because um, we actually have some people watching now. So well, cool. maybe, maybe we just maybe we just get rid of the first like 20 episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Not a, not a bad idea. Or like, maybe, maybe we just do that. Um. The, the thing is that the Internet's forever. Like you could become a CEO in 20, 30 years and like people are going to dig this shit up when people become famous. There's sleuths on the internet who literally go all over Twitter for the uh, last like 20 years to just try and find some dirt on you. It's crazy. 
No, I know. I've been I've been a good boy. I feel like you've gotten a little wild here sometimes, though. But I don't believe anything I say. I'm just talking. I got to preface that on. I don't believe it. I'm just talking. But much love, brother. I had a great time talking with you. Any last thoughts? No, that's it. Great time talking to you as always, and talk to you next week. All right.